Hi, I'm Cam Brown. This is the One Moment Longer podcast with Greg Bennett. Any questions? Welcome to the One Moment Longer podcast presented by Any Question. I'm your host, Greg Bennett, and this was a really great conversation for me to have with a longtime friend and just a guy that's showing that age is just a number. He's almost 51. He's still racing professionally on the, on the world triathlon scene. Absolutely a true inspiration, a man of just true grit, and he has that real Kiwi mongrel about him, Cameron Brown. Um, just a, a down-to-earth guy, um, calls it how it is, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with him on the show. It's been several years since we've caught up, so this one was just a, a great to reconnect and, and just listen to his story and how he's been able to persevere and continue uh, in the sport. I hope you get as much out of this one as I did. Um, just absolutely a fantastic episode. And remember, success comes to those who endure just one moment longer. All right, today I am joined once again by a true triathlon legend. He's a 12-time Ironman New Zealand champion and has multiple Ironman World Championship podium finishes and continues to inspire as he competes professionally even into his 50s. Think about this. He started the sport in the late 80s. He was on the show two and a half years ago in episode 57, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and check that one. This time around, we want to sort of look a little bit back at his career but then I just want to hear what's new and get his perspective of how things have evolved and where he sees the future of triathlon. His endurance, tenacity, adaptability are a testament to his enduring spirit and love of the sport. So welcome back and thanks for joining me on the One Moment Longer podcast, Cameron Brown. How are you, mate? Hey, mate. Thanks for having us. It's been a while. It's been, you've been going a while, mate. It's, uh, yeah, I know. You know, I had Chris McCormack on, I, I don't know, six months ago, and we both were, were talking about you on that episode going, he's our generation and he's still kicking. <laughs> he's still kicking. Yeah. And, and I just, I'm in awe, mate. Uh, you know, how's it all going? Yeah, oh, it's good. It, it does get harder and harder, you know. It's, uh, I've probably retired um, 10 times this year and um, <laughs> just, you know, just the body just um, – yeah, it reacts so much uh, differently to what it mm. did, uh, you know, in your 20s and 30s and 40s and mm. very, very hard to um, keep that consistency going like I, I did in my uh, career. It's, um, I was famous for that. and But, uh, yeah, it's uh, hitting me hard. So it's uh, I've been hitting the gym hard to try and um, just lessen those injuries and, and just try and keep on top of it because you get complacent mm. and uh, you get right and I – probably get sort of four or five months of running under my belt and then I pull a calf or tear it and um, I'm back to square one. So um, because, yeah, I, I, you think you're right and, and um, you know, you miss those gym sessions and it's those little things like that, as we were talking about, that mm. um, really, really make us uh, stay on top of little things like that. So uh, it's a must now and so I've been hitting the gym uh, every sort of uh, two to three days and putting in some real hard strength work. For me, that was probably the thing that took me out when I was 44 was I still love the hard swimming, the hard biking and the hard running and going fast and, you know, feeling powerful. But I got tired of having to do so much of the small stuff just to keep the body to be able to perform at all. And, uh, yep. you know, for you, you've been able to manage that and keep the small stuff, which becomes the biggest stuff as you get older, right? And 
it must be difficult to some sense. Your mind knows what it's like to run at the speed that you want it to. And your body's saying, uh-uh, hang on. <laughs> you know, yeah. that was 40-year-old Cam or 30-year-old Cam or 20-year-old Cam. And, and it's like this, no, I should be able to run 330K pace or, or whatever the paces are. And it just gets more and more difficult. Um, but again, mate, you've been able to sustain it longer than anybody. And I'm, I'm truly impressed. Um, you know, you, you said a couple of injuries. You've had a recent calf tear. How's that all going? Yeah, good, good. So, yeah, not back running and very happy. I ran another 70 minutes uh, yesterday. So that's fantastic. So, but yeah, I, I think you get glimpses of, uh, you know, you get that fitness back and and then you, you get running strong and, you know, everything's going well. And um, and then, yeah, everything gets uh, torn down very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, I, I was uh, in Australia uh, getting ready for Port Macquarie and um, I wanted to do, you know, it was a sort of a bucket list race because, it's uh, one of the five original Ironmans and, um, yeah, sort of arrived there a couple of days and, and uh, was running along the beach. And, oh, no, and the beach. And you can't do the beach. What are you doing? Yeah. The beach. <laughs> Found a, a little bit of tightness and then ran yeah. along the next day and, um, oh, no. yep, sure enough, um, the calf went again and, and uh, yeah, so we saw Brad Bear over there yeah, and, and um, the old expert, and um, yeah, just got a got a, a good program from him. So uh, in the gym and just yeah, really nailing those uh, those sessions. It's good to have a good team around you. Someone like Brad Beer is big shout out, mate. If you're listening, um, he also has his own podcast, which is, which is exceptional. If people haven't listened to it, but Brad is an exceptional uh, physiotherapist and bodywork specialist. So it's great to have him on your team, and 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 the fact that you're back up and going is awesome. Now, now listen, two and a half years ago, um, you know, there's been a bit happening in your life and career since then. I've been impressed that even in 2023, as we talk now. Seventh at Ironman New Zealand in an 8.42. It was your 25th Ironman New Zealand. Just take me through that whole experience, that day, the the lead up. You were on the New Zealand press nonstop and everything around it. Was that a special day for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got more, more press than Braden Curry and, <laughs> and everyone really, you know, it was a little bit embarrassing because, you know, as a 50-year-old, but, yeah, I mean, 25th time there, my first in 1997, wow. you know, dreamed about doing the race uh, as a junior and watched it every year and would follow the follow the race in the back, back of my dad's truck and and then finally uh, you know got on the start line in 97 and um, had a shocking day 98 I didn't didn't bother going back because I hated it so much and then 99 went back yeah, the race shifted to Taupo and um, yeah had a second place 13 seconds behind uh, um, Tim DeBoom and right. um, yeah, and then that was history. So sort of every year after that, twenty-four years of uh, Taupo, um, just would go back year after year, and I couldn't imagine not doing the race as a through a Kiwi summer. You know, it was just part of my yeah. my summer of summer of racing, just getting down, getting fit. I always I would just get so fit in New Zealand and in uh, great shape, and um, yeah, it was just uh, summer after summer, so I, I loved it. You know, the, the race day itself was um, shocking swim. Just my swim as I've aged has, um, yeah, really, really been hard to sort of… You get uh, tight. You get tight. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. and breathing, and uh, mm. I've had a lot of anxiety um, issues with the swim starts okay. and uh, yeah. having to stop and pretty much uh, 
backstroke and and just uh, breaststroke for you know uh, 100 meters and by that time the race is gone and you're five minutes down so it's um it's been a a real issue the last couple years of you know a lot of a lot of uh, older athletes that i've spoken to ex-professionals have had it happen to them Mm. luke mckenzie mike trees you know um they've all sort of had that happen to them so yeah it's uh yeah it comes a real issue so you, you have you know 30 years of not having a, a problem and being a, able to go out like a, a young 20 year old and then all of a sudden you um you know cannot do it you can do it in, in training but um yeah for some reason um there's this breakdown in the brain that says no nah, you're not doing it and uh yeah so uh i didn't have that happen to me uh, this time but uh yeah just uh those swim starts are just not not like they normally were, and so came out of the water a fair way way down. Got on the bike and yeah, had had a solid ride, and and um, the legs uh, cooperated to somewhat, and 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 a steady run as well. But still, know I can go faster than that. You know, it's uh, <laughs> finish line and it's in your yeah. DNA, mate. <laughs> it's in your DNA. You can't turn the competitiveness off. <laughs> no, no, and I know it. Yeah, you just you just lack that consistency of the training yeah, because of the injury. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, I'm I'm still hopeful uh, that uh, I can produce a you know a faster time. Um, you know, uh, in the near future. Well, what year was it? You did an eight fourteen. Was it? Um, was it like a couple of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, eight oh seven. I think the year before. So, eight oh seven, or forty seven year old. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is capable. But it's just yeah. It's just trying to get the body to. Um, yeah, it's not the obey. fastest race in the world either. I mean, it's no, you know, no. Off oh, the road, the roads. I mean, the yeah. roads in New Zealand. Just <laughs> Go to New to Zealand, anybody, and try and ride a bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like now I just I ride tubeless tires. I ride thirty mil um, Shrawby wow. uh, tires just because it, the roads are just. You know, and we've had such a bad summer here. The the uh, the weather, the cyclones, and so they've really fallen apart. Oh, um, so it's uh, yeah, you have to yeah, tubeless is just the way to go, and and carbon fiber. You know, you see a lot of pros. Uh, you know, on on just alloy rims, you, you don't use them here because you, you'll come back with a um, a pretty yeah. sore back after you know riding six hours. So it's uh, yeah, you. you you're on nice wheels, but it's just to save the back and, and save your body. <laughs> it sounds brutal. And yet, oh, it's, it's, and yet it's, it's been yeah. a place, you know, you've gone back to. Yeah. Is there a is there a Cam Brown monument in Tapu with, with the, you know, 12 Ironman wins? Have, have they erected anything for, for you yet? No, 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 no. <laughs> There's no street name. I think Bevan Doherty has a street name. Oh, Bevan's there, got a street. Even Flora Duffy's yeah. got a street name in Bermuda, but you don't have yeah, one in yeah. Taupo. Come on, Taupo. Yeah. There's one one in Tauranga actually. That by co- coincidence, though, there's a, a Cameron Street and a Brown Street right on, and it's uh, I've got a photo of it. It's actually it's quite funny, and it? it's uh, on the uh, yeah the the, uh, the sign poster on the same sign, and so it's uh, Cameron on the top and Brown Street on the right below it. So um, yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm claiming that as a, as a Cameron Brown Street. Is it actually just coincidence? You mean? Yep. Yeah. 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 Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing, nothing to do. With Mate, I, I think we've won that race ten times, but uh, yeah, it's nothing to do with that. It's just uh, yeah, Cameron Brown Street. Um, That's yeah. awesome. That's your claim. But you said Bevan's got one. Bevan Doherty's got his own street. Yeah, yeah, How yeah, about yeah, Hamish Carter? Yeah. Hamish? Do- no, 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 not no, Hamish. No, not a gold no. medal. No. Yeah, yeah. Mate, no. it's tough in New Zealand. It, it is. It is. Yeah, it's tough at the top. <laughs> so you tell have me, friends at the top. <laughs> you got to know the right people, mate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
but also, mate, 2022, it looks like you went out and did a couple of big races since we last spoke, also going to Europe and hitting the iconic Alpe d'Huez triathlon. Tell me about that one. Yeah, that was oh, – it's uh, pretty much an Ironman. It's um, two – I forget the distance of them. From, I think it was like two and, two and a half K swimmer, 110K bike ride and an 18K run, but um, you pretty much yeah. got um, – Three or four coals that you have to go over. Um, first one's about a twelve k climb up to about twelve hundred meters, and then another super long, um, well, just descent. Then a, a lot of undulations to get up to you know seven eight hundred meters again. Then you go over another long climb of about uh, twelve hundred meters, and it's fairly easy. But that then you're in the you know the valley where it's thirty five degrees, and and then finally you're faced with Alpe d'Huez. Um, you know uh, the uh, 21 switchback uh, um, yeah. highest category in the Tour de France climb uh, to get to the top and, uh, you know, at 1,800 metres and then run yeah. run at altitude off the bike. So, um, yeah, I, I, I did uh, three bucket list races when I was in Europe last year. It was Roth, which I've done many times before. Yeah. It's an incredible race, um, just some fantastic crowds. Um, and then it was Alpe d'Huez and then um, Ember Man, which is probably the oh. hardest, uh, hardest Ironman race in the world, which um, – <laughs> I've done it and I'm never going back again. Ember, <laughs> no, I remember. Did you do the World Cup there when we did the World Cup in? 90, no, 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 never. But six or I seven. heard that was pretty tough as well. Oh, it was brutal. It's only a, it was an Olympic distance, but still, an Ironman yeah, yeah. in Embram. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and again, you go over, you know, a, a cat um, or highest category uh, climbing um, called Iswad, which is um, yeah, brutal, absolutely brutal, and, and just so many other you know smaller climbs. Throughout the 188 k, that you know, you get to town uh, back in Embram uh, at 180 k, and then they uh, make you go up another climb just to make it up to 188 k. <laughs> not 180 k; it's 188 k. So, oh my gosh! Yeah. And what's the marathon like there? Uh, oh, it's just a four lap. Oh, um, it's around the lake there. Yeah, uh, pretty pretty brutal. You know, sort of, you just go up and, and yeah. come back down, and uh, yeah, but super super tough race. Yeah, mate, yeah. what a big so, three! Abduers, yeah. Roth. An Embram man. Yep. Anybody yep. listening to this that wants to challenge himself in one year, wow. Was that the whole point, to just do something pretty brutal? Yeah, Pick yeah, three? yeah. 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 We'd, we'd, been, we'd been stuck in New Zealand for, you know, two years, not being able to get out because of COVID and, and um, you know, everyone was desperate to, you know, so uh, we all I, I headed up to Europe for um, I think it was about um, – 11 weeks and nice. got a, I've got an incredible summer in of, of uh, training and racing and, yeah, it was pr- pretty awesome. I love how you're doing this, mate. It's like, you know, at some point you will have to probably retire um, I, oh, yes. or maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe this just goes on. I don't know. But I love that if it is starting to wind down that you're getting in some epic experiences, you know, some real bucket list you know, living in Europe for 11 weeks, hitting some epic events, doing some amazing training. Where did you base in Europe last year? Uh, so I was in Roth uh, for probably about three or four weeks. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, Jamie Hunt had his 50th. So we did oh, a, yeah. a bike tour through um, France and um, Switzerland and uh, did all the, the famous climbs, Italy. Um, uh, some, oh, just incredible climbs wow. that I'd always wanted to do. And um, and then uh, went to Embram for, I think, the final four weeks. So um, it was Pretty, pretty, pretty cool trip. That is so cool, mate. That is so cool. Well, mate, I, I, I just wanted to go through sort of your past couple of races, you know, a couple of years because, 
like I said at the top, it's been two and a half years since we've caught up. I still, that still blows my mind when I went, I had to double check. I'm like, I don't yeah, feel like it yeah. was that long ago, but it I was, know. we were still kind of in the heart of COVID time um, when we were all in lockdown, especially in New Zealand, you guys weren't allowed to do anything. Um, no. But mate, tell me what's going out. Any recent workouts that are really sort of standing out for you that are, you know, you're kind of going, okay, this is, this is going pretty good. Do you have these workouts anymore, which you like? Uh, yeah, I, I have had, yeah. Um, I mean, over the summer it was, you know, as I said, it was probably one of the hardest summers to train through just because of the uh, the conditions, the weather. Um, and uh, we just had rain, rain, rain all, all summer. So it was uh, probably, yeah, it was, it would have been the toughest ever uh, summer to train for a New Zealand Ironman. But um, wow. yeah, got re- got really pretty fit for that. And then um, I was, you know, getting very, very fit for um, Port Macquarie. But um, yeah, shit hit the fan with the um, the calf again. Oh, but uh, yeah. building up again and everything's, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, you know, had planned to do Port Macquarie because it was one of the originals. And, and uh, the next um, bucket list race I'm hoping to do will be um, Ironman Canada, Penticton, which oh. is. Um, uh, very very famous, uh, you know. Iron Man was yeah. again one of those original fives, and and yep. uh, so yep. hopefully hopefully I'll um, get super fit for that and um, get a, a good excuse to get out of the New Zealand winter for a, a, a few weeks and and head up there. Very cool. What, what, so tell us the original five for people new to the sport. Uh, so yeah, I mean New Zealand was um, pretty mm-hmm. much you know, you, you know you've got Hawaii and yep. then you had um, Iron Man New Zealand, uh, Iron Man. Canada, um, Ironman Europe, which was Germany, and um, Japan. What about Foster? Foster wasn't in there? Oh, yeah, yeah sorry, and, and uh, Foster. Yep. Well, now Port Macquarie, but yeah, yep, Foster. Yep, for yep. A long so time. those were the original fives. Um, you know, sadly, um, Japan's not going anymore, but um, those other ones, are, you know, uh, Rot is now under a challenge. So, um, yeah, but they're, they're, uh, they're still going. So um, You won Japan yeah, a few times, right? No, 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 never, Didn't? never did. I always uh, thought I you did pretty well in Japan. You, yeah, you, yeah, just, just, I was all short, always short course through that, that young period of. Uh, oh, you know, and strongman too. Didn't you do strongman quite yeah, a few uh, times? Yeah, yes, one strongman twice. So, yeah, it's there pretty we much. Go. A, I knew there was something. Pretty much right. an Ironman. Yep. <laughs> it's the same thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a tough race, that one too. Yep. Tell us, you know, when, when did you first get into triathlon and, and what made you to decide to become a professional athlete and when did you go professional? Yeah, so I um, started off. 1987, um, I was a young 14 year old and changed schools and went to Pakaran College. And the uh, school teacher there was, um, there was just, you know, triathlon was a very, very new sport. And we just had Rick Wells win the 1987 World Championships in Perth, Australia in that year. So mm, the unofficial first world champs, right? Wasn't it? Yes, was it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So the big four came yeah. down Mark Allen, Mark, yeah. um, Dave Scott, uh, Molina, and, um, Scott Tinley, and uh, he he uh, cleaned them all up. So uh, him and Aaron Baker. So um, sport the sport was thriving in New Zealand, and it was um, I think every race was sponsored by a beer company, like pretty much everywhere in the world. And um, <laughs> so they were pumping money into it. So it was it was a good great time in the sport to um, to be associated with, and just you know sort of uh, started off pretty um, you know wasn't wasn't the best athlete, but uh, quickly sort of started to have a, a bit bit of a success at, at junior level and. And then, um, yeah, just loved it and started traveling the world and, and turned pro when I left school and, um, you know, tried to tried to follow the World Cup circuit. Um, you know, the, the, the um, it was going to be in the Olympics, so that was the goal, like yourself, to, to try and yeah. make that Olympic team for New Zealand, but just didn't have the legs. And, and so Ironman sort of uh, was the uh, the thing that I turned to and 
had success, you know, straight away and never, never turned really back from it. Absolutely loved loved it, you know, the brutality of it and, and um, how hard it was and just the uh, – I was just suited to it, you know. I, I just didn't have the speed um, that you guys had in, in short course racing, but I could just go and go and go in, in Ironman racing and, and my strength ended up being my running, which wasn't the case in short course. It's, it's, what's really cool about that is you identified early where your natural strengths were and I, I, I say on this show quite often, it's like, you know, it's one thing to have a passion – but it's another to align your strengths, that, your natural strengths that you have with that passion. And then when you do identify that, go all in. And that's what yep. you did, you know, and that's, if people want to know how to be become successful at something, I really think that identifying your passion, identifying your strengths and aligning those and pulling the trigger and going in with everything you have. It's like the most purposeful life I think you can ever have. Um, and you're somebody that did that. At a, I remember when you went to Ironman because, mate, we we knew each other. We were racing things like the Fuji Xerox series, and yeah, you know, yep. everyone's trying to get ready for the Olympics. And and I remember '97 or something. And somebody sort of saying, "Yeah, Cam Brown did Ironman New Zealand," and then you were doing Ironman New Zealand in '99, 2000, when we were all heightened for Olympics, and everybody was still focused on short course. And you'd already transitioned over, and you know, here we are, 24, 25 years later. When you look back at this career of yours you know is it possible to identify a couple of real highlights that stand out from anything oh I th- yeah definitely you know winning the, my first new zealand Ironman in 2001 was mm. you know a, a very special moment you know you dreamed about you know doing the race and, and but, but winning the race as a, as a young athlete and um yeah i don't know i just connected to the race i just had so much passion for it and mm. as i said you know for years and years we'd just watch it um you know when it was in auckland when was the race was based in auckland shifted to taupo you know later on and um but yeah i just absolutely loved how how uh, hard it was and so winning that and then um you know my two seconds and two thirds of the hawaii Man world champs mm-hmm. you know they were uh, huge highlights and and then probably winning my, my 12th New Zealand Ironman at, um, you know, 44 um, <laughs> years of age you know, was was pretty cool too, you know. Yeah, it was right up there with winning the first one because, you know, your age and and uh, it just, I mean, it just showed how fast the sport was going. You know, I, I, I went 807 as a 44-year-old and, um, you know, yeah, it, it, I, I – couldn't even do that in my peak, um, mm. you know, in my thirties winning it. So it just showed you, and, and the biking is just the thing that's got so much quicker and yeah. the aerodynamics, the bikes, you know, everything is on, you know, everything on my bike now is just complete carbon. Um, you know, the lightness, the, you know, we, we have 12 speed and, you know, when we first started in the sport, you know, you were on six speed, um, <laughs> You know, shifters on the frame. <laughs> yep, yep. You know, yeah, down tube shifting and, yeah. and, uh, um, and steel bikes and yeah. um, and yeah, I mean y- your biggest um, cassette, uh, you know, was a, a sort of a twelve twenty one. So I can't imagine. You know, I mean, now I have a a thirty on my uh, rear, you know, cassette, yeah. and sometimes a thirty two, and you know, sometimes still you you think, wow, how the hell did you get up some of these, you know, climbs and mountains in a, a twenty one? It was. It was just incredible, you know, yeah, what your, yeah. the gear selection was just, yeah, not there because, yeah, you only had six speeds on the rear. Mm. So, um, you know, that, that transition that we've seen over, you know, the last 
10, 15 years, the bikes just continue to get quicker and quicker and aerodynamics has played a massive part. You know, swimming and, and running have not really changed that that much. You know, guys are still swimming, you know, around that 47, 48 minute mark for the 3.8 Ks and still running, you know, well, I mean, just because of the super shoes, we've seen some, you know, better performances, but um uh, otherwise, you know, really, it's it's still those low, you know, two forties. Um, and uh, you know, Mark Allen was doing that in Hawaii yeah. in nineteen eighty nine when he won. Yeah, so, it's um, amazing, but, isn't it, to think yeah, how quick so, Mark went? Mark yeah, and Dave yeah, in eighty nine. Yeah, I think um, I heard. Uh, I was listening to Christian Blumenfeld the other day, and and uh, you know, saying about you know which era uh, would athletes be better, and, and you know, it's eras is totally different. But if you put you know, Mark Allen and Dave Scott on those, what we're writing today, then they would be going just as quick, you know. Of course, um, of course. And nutrition-wise, you know, that's, you know, God, they used to race on, you know, some bananas and figs and… Taped to your handlebar, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, those guys, what they did back in the day was just, they were they were just as good as the athletes today, you know. What I loved about Mark and Dave and that whole time and experience is, they changed the concept of getting through the distance to racing the distance, yep, right? They were the first to race it head yep. to head, going all out, pushing, 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 running six-minute miles, you know, or 345K pace off the bike. You know, it, it, that's what changed the mentality of what's possible. You know, the fact that Dave took it down from whatever the record was, 11 hours to nine hours to, and then between the two of them, they dropped it all the way down to 80. 80- even nothing he did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and yes, now we're seeing sometimes, you know, like what we saw last year in the you know, 740s. It's hard to talk about Kona because the conditions play such a part. Oh, massive. But you know, yeah. I look back at your performances, even early on when when you were getting your first podiums there. You know, your seconds and thirds. I remember the brutal conditions you guys sometimes had in Kona. <laughs> you're on the you're on the bike for a closer to five hours. Um, just because the wind was so punishing. Yeah. What do you yeah. think about the conditions? It seems like we've had a good spell recently that the conditions in Kona have been pretty yeah, great. Yeah. Oh, they have. They have. They've um, been a lot better. I remember, I think it was 2001 when I was second and, you know, my finishing time was ended up being two, uh, I mean, sorry, 8.45. And um, I remember, you know, I was riding with King Glar and uh, he got swept from one side of the road nearly to the other side of the road with, in, in one second because uh, uh, just a huge gust of wind yeah. uh, came through and, you know, he was that close to, to um, you know, having a major accident on the bike and uh, yeah. it was, yeah, the, the dates were different. You know, it was always on the full moon and sometimes I remember we were racing late October, you know, it was like the 26th of October or something. So sometimes, um, you know, now it's always pretty much, you know, the second Saturday uh, in October of the race. So, but sometimes those later, you know, in those early two thousands, yeah, it was on the on the full moon when when the race would be held, and uh, it seemed to I don't know <laughs> make the race. Um, yeah, that weather well, those weather conditions were just incredibly tough some years. But I think well. that suited you. It suited you and your New Zealand mongrel. Like you, you've got that real strength, but you've also got that real grit about you. You know, when I, when I look at I got the results up. I pulled them up for 2002, you know, when you got, was it 2002? Whatever, the year you got second. I mean, look at the performances. The guys behind you, Thomas Hillregal, Norman Stadler, Lothar Leader. I mean, these are some of the biggest names. I mean, you go down the list in eighth and ninth, Cameron Widoff and Steve Larson. These are, Christoph Mosh is in there. 
These are some yeah, yeah. epic big names in the world of Ironman in the in the late nineties and, and early noughties. Um it was quite a you know, Tim DeBoom won it for the US. Yep. Um yep. he smashed everyone. He did. But but still, mate, I look at those times that you guys were doing. It was a tough day. It was a tough day out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the uh, the swim and run was yeah, as I said, you know. Uh, the same sort of times that the you know everyone normally does, but yeah, the biking was just a brutal day. And, and when you got a brutal day in Hawaii, then yeah, you uh, you were very very much challenged out there, that's for sure. And um, but uh, yeah, we've seen some good days, so you know, hopefully yeah. um, hopefully the, they'll continue because it, it's great seeing those fast times. But it's also quite nice to to see those hard days and, yeah. and uh, really really challenge the athletes. Yeah. We're talking about some of your career highs. What about, you know, have there been some, what have been some of the major setbacks and how have you sort of learnt and grown from those over the past, well, 30 years plus? Yeah, probably, probably just those um, times when you get injured, you know, those the, the tough times when um, I remember having plant, plantar fascia for about 18 months. Uh, that was after their Ironman Melbourne with a little battle with Craig. Oh. One of the epic races, mate. One of the epic yep. races. Yeah. Yep. I think we had to run on a camber for about twenty uh, k's, and yeah. and after that race, I had plantar fascia for about eighteen months. But you could you could sort of pretty much train through that um, plantar fascia, whereas uh, the calf tears that I've had over the years, it's uh, it's out. You're out for um, six to eight weeks, and and that's it. There's no coming back from it, and and then um, so yeah, th- those have been huge challenges because I was I was very very lucky um, throughout my career not to get injured, but. It really hit me in my in my forties and and late forties, so it's um hmm. it's very tough, you know. You um, I feel for any athlete that gets um, injured out there, you know, it's uh, you have to be resilient, but um, you know, mentally it, it uh, takes a, a real toll on you, and, and there's nothing worse than uh, being injured for a long period of time. So yeah, those, those are very very tough moments in your know, sporting uh, career, that's for sure. Mm. Have you found you in terms of the business side? Have you found you your endorsements, your sponsors have stuck by you? How's that been over? You know, such a long career. Yeah, I mean, I've had fantastic sponsors over that time, and um, you know, still still got a, a few great sponsors. But yeah, it's it's coming to an end. I know that, and um, you know, you're not getting the, the coverage um, that uh, you used to get. You know, when you were winning all the time. So it's um, you know, I, I you understand. You know, a lot of them don't stick around because that's uh, that's life, and you, yeah, you have to yeah. move on. So I'm yeah, I'm, I'm really doing it for the love of the sport at the moment, and um, yeah. The paydays are uh, nowhere near what they, they used to be. You know, prize money is um, yeah uh, was it was a big part of it, and, and you know, sponsorship as well was huge. Um, if you didn't have great sponsors, then you you weren't going to last in the sport. And yeah, that's sadly you know that's why we see so many uh, professional athletes being coaches because they they have to. Um, mm-hmm. There's no other way of trying to have an income. Uh, you know, there's a lot more probably professional triathletes out there nowadays and um, you have to a lot of them have to have a second income and, and coaching is a way to, to do it yeah, so um, yeah. it's tough for a lot of athletes out there the amount of events out there though if you, if you now if you can be specific and target what you want to do well the opportunity is there whether it be Ironman PTO um, Super League the World Series I do feel like there's probably more races available and I think to be able to race across the spectrum can make you a better athlete as well. And the prize money is pretty, you know, I remember 20 years ago, if you had one race where it was a hundred grand for the win, the entire world would turn up. And yes, there probably yeah. there weren't probably as many athletes, 
Maybe. But now, I mean, the PTO has three or four races a year that have 100 grand for the win. You have Kona Ironman. You have all of these big events around the world, potential for athletes to make a decent living. It's not bad. Yeah. Oh, no. It's, um, you, you still need that sponsorship to back you up. But, um, the um, yeah, the prize money is a, is a lot better. You know, it's uh, finally, you know, we've sort of seen it. You know, I think there was a through the late 90s, the sport really probably went through a, yeah. a period of, um, you know, everything went down. The, the, I remember the, um, the late 80s, you know, when Rick Wells was racing and, as I said, every beer company was sponsoring uh, triathlons around the world and, you know, he, he, would race, he would race Saturday and Sunday and, you know, you'd pick up two grand there, one grand there and, and uh, you know, $3,000 for the weekend of racing was, um, you know, Huge money back then, you know. Uh, you could buy a house for you know seventy thousand, eighty thousand. So it was, um, it was, it was, it was great prize money. But um, it's it's good to see that the sport is, um, you know, it's getting coverage. But um, it's probably you know it's that short course racing that makes it exciting. Super League and um, you know WTS racing. Where I mean, you know, it's, it's very very hard to for someone to sit down for eight hours and watch an Ironman. You know, it's, People do, mate. People do. People love it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I watch uh, Hawaii every year. You know, on the of course. Yeah, Hawaii's. I like watch it for eight hours. Is um, yeah. So what are we going to do this year with Hawaii, though, mate? We yeah, got, we got the men in Nice and the women. Look, don't get yeah. me wrong. I'm going to watch Chelsea and Lucy, and I, I, I love the women's racing as well. But I, I must admit, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit, you know, disheartened that we're only getting half the show. Um, yeah, yeah, I think the, the the allure of the the sport is um, is you know dying. I mean, um, the last couple of races, well, you know, especially in Australia, the um, you know they've been giving out the um, slots, you know, because no one wants to go. So, whereas you know in the past, man, the, the, there was no roll downs. There was everyone took their spot because trying to get to Hawaii was so hard. But um, oh, people is, aren't taking their spots to Nice. You're saying the guys. No. Yep, yep, and uh, even Hawaii. You know, I coach a, a, a you know a lady who's been there a few times, and it, it's um, she, huh. she didn't take a spot because um, yeah, she's you know she wants to race with the men. She wants to have yeah, the men to be there. Around. And, yeah, yep, yeah, and um, that's the, the thing. You know, it's we're, we're being exclusive now. You know, we, we were inclusive sport, and men and women were on the start line together. But now we're yeah. <laughs> separating things. It seems so yeah. backward. You know. Uh, that the sport is down doing this, so and um, you know it's a shame because I know it is it is for money. I can only think the. I mean, I don't know what was said in the rooms and you know the conversations. I know it can't be a, an easy conversation for Iron Man. I, I think you're probably right. I think money is probably a major part to do with it. But I, is it? I've also heard, and maybe I'm wrong. Is that you know the people on the island are kind of like tired of being taken over are they kind of pushing back a little bit yeah i mean, I mean you, you cannot have five thousand people you know racing on the same day and or, or you know racing separate days like they did last year it's just yeah yeah it's, it's hard enough to for a small island community to get um you know two and a half thousand volunteers to yeah. to support the race let alone do it on two days so you know you, you just cannot do that there you know it's 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 impossible and, and yeah I mean I think you know it's been there for you know forty years now and they're, you know probably getting a little bit over over um, cyclists taking over the, the roads and yeah you know it's um, every every race has its limited time span I'm sure and uh, um, yeah we we see it with you know many races around the world world where the desire to go there starts to wade and mm, so, mm. Uh, but I think you know it, um, 
Hawaii is still such a uh, incredibly tough race that they can still have that um, people just clamming to 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 get there. But uh, I think it's um, it, it is subsiding. That's for sure. I did Kona once when I was forty, right? Just to it was tick a bucket mainly because I understood where my strengths were and I believed it was short course racing and, and that had to head, you know, that was where my talent lied. And so I focused on that. But it, in my DNA, I kind of always looked at Kona as just our, our holy grail. And, and it's the Tour de France of our sport. It's the, it's the Wimbledon of our sport. It's the special thing. And, and I, I don't know, in, in my DNA, I'm not saying that that should, my gut, I don't think that should be what the sport is on, but I almost wish, look, if we just even downsize the fields, reduce the fields, um, I don't think you could reduce the the professionals by much and age groupers wouldn't like me saying reduce them by much, but anything to just try and keep Kona alive is kind of what I'm trying to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. I think that worked well with two and a half thousand athletes and, um, yeah, I think, um, I think we should stick with that because, um, you know, don't kill something that works well. And So, mate, what, what, what's a typical day look like for you now with your training compared to, say, in your, in your peak? Well, your peak was only six years ago, 44, when you went 807 in New yeah, Zealand. Yeah, it but has it changed much now? Have you had to adapt? You said you've added some more strength in. How, how else has it changed? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't changed a heck of a lot. You know, I still sort of have the same sort of structure of what days I, you know, swim, bike and run, but... Uh, I think you know, yeah, the re- recovery periods in your and from now compared to what they were, you know, five, ten, fifteen years ago, completely mm-hmm. different. You know, you just you don't recover the same. You, you know, I can't do the the back to back hard sessions, especially running. So mm-hmm. you know, you, whereas you know, I'd always sort of have a Tuesday tempo run, a, a solid you know run off the bike on Wednesday, and uh, even Thursday would be you know another another solid run, and, and then Saturday would be another mm-hmm. um, you know tempo run off the bike, and and then even yeah you know, your Sunday long run sometimes that 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 was a, Still a good a steady clip. run. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, whereas yeah, that's it's not like that anymore at all you know tuesday would probably be a, a tempo run and and um and saturday off the bike as well and then the other ones are just um you know just steady steady I'll, mileage I'll running and yeah. yeah yeah and uh bike, biking and swimming is completely different you know less weight bearing so you can put in that intensity you know swimming is always sort of you know got yeah. some sort of intensity in it um but um yeah, definitely the mileage, you know, I'm not doing anywhere near the sort of the 35 to sometimes 40 hour big weeks that you used to. It's, you know, it's around that sort of 25 hours to sometimes 30 hours a week um, in, in your peaks. Um, so, yeah, still impressive, mate. Have, have you ever, have you ever decided to look at a grand total of your training and, and like, you know, map it out how many miles you, you've swum? No, bike run? no, no. Oh, we got to yeah, do that, no, mate. It, it would, Let's figure it, it out. Few, yeah, we'll figure it out right few, now. So, on average, You've probably averaged thirty hours a week to thirty-five hours a week for your entire life. <laughs> so we're yeah, talking probably, thirty probably, years. Probably, yeah, probably probably not that much. Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's go. Yeah, when you have your rest weeks and all that, you know, your time off and <laughs> twenty-five hours a week for fifty-two weeks a year for thirty years. So what's that? That's one hundred and fifty weeks. I'm doing this in my head, by the way. Oh, 10, that's 1,500, that's 3,000. It's over 3,000 hours worth of training. And then I'd love to do it. This is, I love this stuff, by the way. I love numbers. So I, I, just figuring out how far you've swum in your entire life. Yeah. 
if how you far you bite the man. <laughs> if you loops to the world, mate, that's for sure. Back and forth to the New Zealand to the US a few times swimming. Yeah. You've probably yeah. run around the US ten to fifteen times and, and gosh, you're biking, my God. You've you've biked to to Neptune. Oh, yeah. I think that's Some, our furthest planet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I did a podcast a, um, a month ago and, you know, my biggest ever week, I think, um, it was a Scott Molina week and he had me run, uh, riding, I think I did 800 and, uh, 880 Ks, I think, uh, in, that, in, the, in the week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, some, you know, uh, that was a, that was a massive week. That's Plus, awesome. you, you know, you're, you're running a hundred and something Ks and swimming 18 Ks. So, um, yeah. It, it adds was, up, uh, doesn't it? It adds up. Oh, yeah. yeah it's amazing. Yeah. When, when you're done, you know, I did this when I was done. I've got it in my notes somewhere. I added up how many miles I think I've swum, how many I biked, how many I ran. And then I even put it to how many are done at certain speeds. And, and it, it, it adds up when you do it for a long time. It's, it's, oh, definitely. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, I could do it because I have a diary for every single year. I've, I've only been slack in the last two years with three years with training peaks that I haven't bloody bothered. So, um, but otherwise I could, you know, I could yeah. look back and on 2003, September the 23rd and tell you exactly what I did, you know, what the session was, what the weather was and, um, yeah. Amazing. So, um, well, I must be in your diary a couple of times. We did a few workouts together. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I know. And, and who, who I days. trained with and, yeah. 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 So, who, who are yeah. some of the greatest training partners? I mean, count me out obviously, but who, who have been some of the really great training partners you've had over the years? Just they, they, they weren't uh, professionals. They were just my good mates. You know, yeah. that some of the, some of them were just age groupers, and um, one of them was Mark Watson, who was um, just a, a you know an age grouper who um, he managed me for a few years. And um, but you know, he, he was a guy that was there, you know, day in day out for you, and, and um, he would never be a threat to you. So you just had great times and it was just yeah. a laugh whereas sometimes you know riding and running with a, a professional athlete that was your rival was um you know probably was a detriment to you because you'd try and go out and hammer each other so uh, mm. probably some of my age group mates were the best trainers because um you know there was that feeling of just being relaxed and yeah yeah being able to train what how you your pace exactly what you needed to do and and yeah there was times where you would you would you'd go out and train with Craig Alexander, yourself, um, um, you know, um, Hamish Carter, Bevan Doherty and that, yeah, yeah, they were great times as well. But, um, yeah, my, my, my good friends were um, probably some of the best training partners. Mm. I, you know what I'm impressed with is during all this time, you've also raised a family, you know. How old are your kids now? Uh, 19 and 21. So, my yeah, goodness. 19, 21. One's in the army down in Christchurch and, and one's a diesel mechanic. And, um, good man. So, yeah. Yeah, they're um, well done, it, mate. It is, it is crazy how you know quickly they grow up, just like you, you know your, your two as well. <laughs> My two mate of five and three. I started. I'm a bit late. You and I are only a few months apart. We're still only five and three. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh, well, I'm, I, thought, I'm, I thought I thought they would have been uh, ten and yeah. No, I'm yeah. the old man in the playground, buddy. I, yeah, um, yeah, although yeah. not that old these days. I've got to tell you, the amount of guys I know, dads, you know that I meet are, are at least mid-40s. Um, yeah. I am oh, the oldest, yeah. but not yeah. substantial. Yeah. It's been surprising, actually. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is. It's changed yeah. the, what it was uh, 20 years ago. You know, you were, had kids uh, in your late 20s. Now it's, uh, you know, you can be in your, in your 40s and late 40s. Yeah, it's incredible to think. You started the sport. You had 10 years, 15 years before kids. Boom. Kids are out of the house. 
in the army, mechanics, all, and, yeah. and now you're yeah. in retirement. <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah. I can, I'm yeah. still going on my, my easy. career. It's, it's uh, easy days now, mate. It's yeah. easy days. Yeah, you can't retire <laughs> now, mate. <laughs> no, no. No. You've got all the time in the world. You don't have to take them to sports or um, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it is. It's quite something, yeah. mini break just to remind you to go check out any question the place where the world leading experts are on the platform answering questions we now have over 1200 world leading experts from across 35 different channels 75,000 answers they're there for you to go ask questions to and listen to their answers already it's all free go check it out sign up on ios or android or you can even do it on the web anyquestion.com you can use anyquestion.com forward slash greg bennett um and go sign up and check it out all free they're there ready to answer your questions i, I got some uh, uh, opinions i'd love your opinions on um and we can share them and and i guess top of mind is recently there was a you know an athlete got done for epo right what are, what are your thoughts on somebody asked me greg what are your thoughts on the drugs in triathlon and 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 they were trying to say are they so prevalent and i feel like our generation i never saw anything i never heard of anything but what are your thoughts about the sport right now just an opinion mate it doesn't have to be we're not pointing out names I don't think it's changed whatsoever. I think yeah. that it's still going on. You know, uh, we saw it in the the nineties and two thousands with you know Nina Craft when she tested positive for oh, EPO. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, two thousand four um, to meet you gag. You know, in the short course and mm-hmm. um, you know there's there's a lot of Italians. Who was our Olympic been... champion as well? The two thousand gold medalist in Sydney. What was her name? Um, oh yeah, um, Bridget McMahon. Bridget McMahon. Yeah, she got done. Yep, but she got yep, done 05, yep, yep. but still. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so we have seen a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have. We uh, when you when you look at all the cases uh, throughout the years, you would be quite surprised. Yeah. You know, there would be a case every single year, and those are the ones being caught. You know, and sadly, it's um, you know, I've been on the whereabouts program for you know, over twenty years, which is um, yeah. uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you were ever on it, but it was just an absolute oh, mission to always, mate. That was one of the best yeah, things about retirement, yeah. having to tell somebody yeah, where you're yeah, going to be yeah. know, for an hour, yeah, a month cool. from now. I was like, oh my yeah. god, I don't know. Yeah. To explain to you know your viewers, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We as an athlete, you would have to say where we you would be for an hour every single day for three months. So, mm-hmm. so we you wouldn't have a clue where you would be in you know sixty six days from now. But you yeah. had to put you know, and if if that changed, then you would have to you know put in, in into the you know, the online system where you were going to be and three missed tests. You were you were, you were a drug cheat. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's how it is. I remember getting one missed test because I went down to Whole Foods with dinner for Laura, with Laura. Yeah. Yeah. And we came yeah. back and they said, we were there. And we were like, well, hang on, it's 9.30 and you're not here. I meant to stay for the whole hour. But yes. anyway, they, yes. um, they put me down for one. I was like freaking out. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not well, a been Quite a few athletes that have, you know, had, had three uh, strikes. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, every athlete should be on that. And, uh, but sadly, you know, uh, there's only a very few selected, you know, that uh, from each country that have to abide by it. Yeah. So there is uh, huge gaps in the system where you could dope to your eyeballs uh, and, um, will never get caught. It's only if you turn up to a race that um, you know you might get tested if you if you win or place. So um, oh, it's, it's it's happening, and it's um, I have no doubts that uh, there's more and more athletes that are doing it because yeah, the prize money is uh, getting 
you know, bigger and better. And um, so, um, you know, Colin was probably is just the, you know, one yeah. of just many that are out there that are uh, that are still doing it. I, I have a healthy skepticism. You know, that's what I like to call it anyway. Where I, I like, firstly, I like to feel like our sport is clean. Like that's, I want to feel that way. That's my point. But I also have a healthy skepticism, and 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 I tend to look at it when you see performances that far are a far cry for what you've ever seen before. Yep. I think it's okay yep. to have a healthy skepticism, to look at performances that are just blowing you away. It's kind of like what I think we're all uh, Lance Armstrong believers for you know for such a long time, and and um, you know I mean how many guy um, tested that guy um, <laughs> have to endure over his time and, yeah. and never actually got caught but yeah. um yeah. still you know he uh, he he just yeah. yeah he was taking performance enhancing drugs for probably as nearly his whole career so um you know it's uh, there's people that do it and get around the system you know that that's why cycling teams have so many doctors because they know exactly what it takes to to miss it, well, you know, not not to produce a, mm. a positive test. So mm. it's um, you know, and and you know, it's uh, deeper than what anyone thinks. You you like to think it's clean, but um, yeah, I think the reason I always felt it was really clean is because, well, one, I knew I wasn't taking anything, right? So I'm kind of like, and if I can. I got to the top of the world for for, for yeah, moments, yep. a bit like you. You know, we, we both got to rent being the best for little bits of our career. And I kind of felt like if that was me and I got to do it, even if for a moment, and then I would never say 100% that anybody is 100% clean, but I have very good mates with Simon Whitfield and Craig Alexander and Hamish Carter and some of these guys were very, very close friends that I trained and live with and even Javier Gomez and others. I, like I spent so much time with these people that, and living with them that I'd be so blown away and, and they got to be the best in the world. So I kind of looked at that and just think, I don't know, maybe I'm being naive, but I always just felt like we lived in a fairly healthy, clean time in the sport. But it was also the ultimate when somebody says, oh, Greg, we all thought you were on drugs. Somebody said that to me once. And I was like, for me, that was the highest compliment because I'm like, well, I'm not. So that's kind of an awesome compliment in a way, you know. I think, I think you know, you, you have morals and, and, you know, there's athletes that have morals and there's athletes that don't. Yeah, and uh, yeah. there's athletes that will do anything yeah. to, um, you know, grab the opportunity to to, uh, to win and, and win at all costs. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, it's it's a sad part of the sport, but um, I think no, that's right, life. Right. But let's move on because it is a bit morbid, really. When I mean, we're talking about, I love to celebrate our sport. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but I think we both no, have no. A, a healthy skepticism, like I said. Yep, but yep. When, oh, when you look at some of the athletes that you've seen throughout your career, and you've seen every generation, you've raced every generation, you've been amongst it. Who do you? Who's the greatest triathlete you've ever witnessed do the sport? Uh, oh, I mean, I always. I think Mark Allen was um, mm. up there with the best, you know, um, what what he did, you know, from, you know, short course to long course, you know, they 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 mixed it up and, you know, there, there's not too many athletes that, that can do that, you know, that have that short course speed and uh, and then, you know, have that long course endurance as well. So In the same yeah, year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he was able to win, you know, yeah. Avignon, the first world championships yeah. and, and um, Hawaii Ironman in the same year, yeah. and um, Nice, you know, a, a couple yeah. of months apart. Yeah. You know? So yeah. um, we've, we've seen, you know, um, 
Christian Blumfeld do that, uh, but you know, it was in the opposite. You know, it was in a, a different year. Um, he still did it probably in a calendar year. Yeah, but, that's um, true. That's true. All credit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, so uh, he, he's been able to, to do that as well. But um, you know, and and uh, yeah, what he did probably was you know probably a little bit harder because you know that short course racing with drafting is so much more uh, yeah, yeah. intense nowadays rather than uh, the non-drafting format that we uh, back in the eighties was happening. So. Yeah, so what he his performances over the past you know couple of years, what he's done is quite insane. incredible. They've been insane. Yeah. Him and his training partner Gustav, it's absolutely been yes. remarkable. I mean, who can? It was interesting. It was pretty exciting to see Max Newman beat them at the PTO European Championships. Like he almost got run down, but he held on. Uh, um, looking at who can beat the Norwegians has been the big question. Um, so that was pretty exciting in itself to see Max do that. Um, do you think Max has opened the the door so others will feel a little bit more like they can do it? Yeah, oh, I think. So. Yeah, I mean, Max had an incredible race, and you know, I was, um, you know, just such a, a gutsy guy. You know that uh, you, you saw the expression on his yeah. face, oh. and that, that last okay, he was oh, in that the hurt. That, that hurt. hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he was uh, he was just pushing it to. Yeah. He wanted to beat those guys, and um, but yeah, I mean, you know, you saw what Christian did. You know, a week later, he's in Yokohama uh, trying to race short course, and yeah, he probably didn't come out as as well as he wanted. Still he got eighth or something. Eight. Yeah, he got eighth there. But um, <laughs> and, and I was listening to him, and he's some of his races this year. He's doing um, so he's doing the Paris um, test event on, yeah. and then two days later, he's um, doing the Singapore PTO race. So he he flies out that night from uh, Paris. Straight to Singapore, and two days later, he's racing a, a you know a hundred k. I love race. that. I, you know what I love about that? Honestly, we were doing that. Do you remember two thousand and one? I had a season like that where you just you raced everything, and you just yeah. threw it through caution to the wind. I mean, he's at another level than I was. So I'm not comparing myself, but there's something about just being a little crazy. You know, yep. trying a few things. Um, He's not going to do it every weekend, but it's just, it's almost like I, th- I see it for him. He's, he's done everything. And at this point you might as well try and do some crazy stuff. I kind of like that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, as I said, you know, you guys used to race on, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, Yeah, you know, 24 hours later they were on the start line again because they could, because there was a race there and. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, you, you, that, that happened quite quite often. Probably Scott Molina, you know, who, who um, was the uh, 1988 World Ironman champion, he, he would have done that multiple, multiple times throughout his career. So, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, some of the races that he did, yeah, they were I've got to get Scott and, on my show. He, yeah, I've got to tell you some stories, mate. Is Jeepers. he in Auckland? Is he in Auckland still? Or? No, 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 he's in Christchurch. Christchurch, Christchurch. Right. Yeah, yeah, I've got to catch up with Scott. It's been a long time. But what a legend he is. Oh, yeah. Very he, cool. He coached me for quite a few years and, yeah, such a, a humble guy. And, uh, yeah, he uh, he changed the, the way people trained as well. Yeah, him and Aaron Baker. What a couple. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Mate. Very cool, mate. Well, I, I want to finish up with final four questions um, and then maybe some rapid fire if we have just a few more minutes. But what advice do you give, would you give your 18-year-old self? Uh, oh, probably, probably I'd, I'd do exactly what I did. You know, I'd follow the short course career, and uh, you know, then into your half Ironman career, and then into your um, into your Ironman career. You know, doing it like that, I think you need that short course speed to be competitive uh, in long distance racing. So I'd, I'd follow the same sort of thing, but I would, uh, I would 
absolutely swim my ass off more and more uh, because you know the, the swimming is if you don't if you don't swim fast enough then you're not going to make the first group and it's just so important nowadays um you know even more than what it was sort of you know probably 15 years ago because that uh, that swim it just gets more and more important you know you can't you can't be three four five minutes down on, on a on, no. because the guys are riding so much faster so yeah uh, yep swim you, you, you know, and that's why I try, you know I tell anyone who I coach, you know, you have to get in a swim squad and you have to uh, be competitive and, and and swim as much as you can. I like that. All right, next one. Which three people, non-family, living or dead, would you like to have dinner with? Um, sporting or anybody you like, mate. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, Christ, I, I'd I'd still probably. Um, I remember when Lance Armstrong came out here and. Uh, I actually got to ride with him. He was doing a, a beer commercial, um, but uh, it was it was just when you know all the shit was breaking loose, and he um, they ne- never actually ended up um, um, doing the commercial in the end. And uh, I'd still love to to sit down with him and and just let him you know talk you know, as you, as you're doing you know asking him all the questions throughout his career because he was a, he was an incredible um triathlete in his you know when he was 16 17 18 he won the US championships and um you know and I'm sure he wasn't um you know on drugs back then he was just you know very talented for the love and, yeah. yeah 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 and um you know just yeah I mean even though he did did some bad stuff I'd still like to, to How about we do this then Cam how about we do this how about I invite him on the show and you come on and we co-host together and we'll bring on Lance on the show and we'll do a long one. We'll do a couple of hours <laughs> with him. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, spill the beans. Yeah, all right. Mate, I'm going to set yeah. it up. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I actually did a, did a ride with him. There was three of us and um, I put it on Instagram afterwards and um, the shit that went down after that because of that one photo that I, I took my son on and, and – um, yeah, I was. I, the radio stations, TV were ringing me up, wanting to have interviews with me because I ri- went riding with Lance Armstrong, and um, yeah, you can't do that because um, you know that's uh, the guy. The, the guy, you know, yeah, I took know. drugs and, and yeah. So oh god, I just wanted to ride with him and you know pick his brains about yeah yeah what, yeah yeah, yeah, what, yeah, but, no, yeah yeah yeah. No, quite it's, incredible. Yeah. It's amazing through guilty through association, mate. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, what? Yeah. I just you went know, for a bike yeah. ride. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, you just love to talk to them and, and yeah, you know, just, yeah. yeah, talk about talk about their career. Yeah, I get it. All right, where do you see yourself in the next five years? Then, um, hopefully, uh, still doing you know swim, bike, and running, mate, every day and, and enjoying it. And I've I've got, I mean, New Zealand has some incredible trail runs that uh, I want to do, and we have some of the. Um, best sort of gravel riding down the south line so i want to do more of that sort of fun stuff yeah. like that and, and um yeah. you know I, but i want to do it being fit and, and being healthy so uh, yeah there's some yeah there's some epic uh, trail runs that uh there are that are in the pipeline that i'll um take some pictures of and plaster on and, and show you that i did them so yeah those are, <laughs> those are some of the things i want to do it's yeah it, sometimes it's not a race that uh, inspires me to keep fit it's it's just a an epic um, it's an adventure mate. training session yeah 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 i get it that's that's exactly it I, I i love that mentality that's very cool and i see you doing that it's like i i follow you on all your you know your social media which you you've gravitated to and done a reasonable job at considering you're from my generation which i think all of us struggled with <laughs> but, oh, you, you know, struggle with it now it's you know it's <laughs> yeah i don't i don't like you know you get people posting every single day and it's, yeah. 
you know, it, you've got to be, it's a fine line between over overdoing it and underdoing it, you know. Yeah. So you have moments where I haven't posted in quite a while because um, I'm I just it. over it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um, well, mate, let's finish up with some quick, these are rapid fire questions, all right? So this yep. is all about how much fast twitch fiber you have left. All right, here we go. Toughest race you've ever competed in? Oh, Ember Man. Favorite post race meal? Uh, probably a can of Coke and a donut. No, oh, nice. What's your favorite training destination? Oh, France, south of France. Nice. Pavlova, which is a meringue based dessert, a Kiwi invention or an Aussie one? Kiwi. It's not Kiwi, mate. The Aussies invented that one. Anyway. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, okay, this will be maybe an interesting one for you. One book you recommend? Uh, cheapest. I haven't, haven't been reading for quite a while, but um, oh, probably oh, I mean, yeah, probably one of the Lance Armstrong's books. Nice. Was yeah, it yeah. Seven Deadly Sins? Oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And, and uh, the Tyler Hamilton book as well. That yeah. was a, yeah, that Jeez, was a that bloody eye as well. Jeez. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. What's the one thing about Australia that you secretly admire? Uh, <laughs> oh, there's a lot really, you know, the beaches, the the weather. I, I made, I'm, we're seriously thinking of shifting there because, um, yeah, the weather here in New Zealand is uh, doing our heads in. Oh, so I would, I would move, the, move to Gold Coast or uh, Noosa tomorrow. Yeah, Noosa. We're going back. For July. Yeah, it's, all a, great, Noosa. Yeah, Can't it's wait. a great spot. Beautiful yeah. spot. Love Noosa. All right. Um, if you could go back to any decade of your life, which one would it be and why? Uh, probably the 80s, you know, and doing the sport because it was, it was simple. It was um, fluoro. You were just, <laughs> yeah, fluoro, fluoro trifid. Um, yeah. But, you know, there was an abundance of races. You could yeah. race every single weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was, it was just good times in the sport. You know, the sport was growing. It was just, developing and, and new things were coming on board every single year and mm. it was just a fun time yeah people yeah. had fun i agree mate i agree and the music was awesome all right yeah oh, <laughs> nothing beats the 80s music mate <laughs> that's what keeps me alive spotify every five hour ride mate i'm just all 80s i am the same as you mate i don't mind these days when they grab an 80s song and they throw some beats to it every now and then oh, it's yeah, kind of yeah. it's kind of fun yeah, um, yeah oh, i've got a lot of uh, 12 inch uh, 80s stuff that's been remixed it's great yeah Oh, mate, you and I could blast together. I love it. Yep, All right. Definitely. What's the most old person thing you do now that you're in your 50s? What's an old person thing that you're kind of realizing, huh? Oh, I listen to talk back radio. <laughs> I swear, you know, when my dad used to do it, I'd yes. never, never listen to it. And now I, now we do it religiously, everybody, you know. Yeah, I've, I've never been, I've never been more passionate about politics than, than I have now. And yeah. It, it, Probably, I mean, it's bad because it pisses me off so much. Yeah, and, yeah, I get um, it. You, you, don't, you don't like seeing your country, you know, sort of um, know. fall apart. And, and so, yeah, you, you do get very, very passionate. And well, it's so polarizing right now, I find. It, it is. Oh, it is. And yet totally most people you talk to are somewhere in the middle. And, and yet yeah. I think they present it like we're all so far apart. And it's like, well, I actually don't think we quite are. But anyway, all right, last question. Who's your favorite Australian triathlete? I think I've got so many, you know, yourself, Greg Welsh, Craig Alexander, um, Brad Bevan, you know. I, yeah. I, I was leaving that, that one out there, mate. I was leaving that one out there. So you dropped my name in there and that was absolutely Jason Meadows. Oh, what a great legend. 
yeah, have a lot of uh, good memories from you know racing all in Australia and, yeah, and, and the chapters, you know, yeah, yeah, the Triathlon yeah, de Sole that you yeah. you raced at as well. Yeah, and, we were lucky, mate. You know, we were very fortunate. I'm incredibly yeah. grateful for that generation we had of Aussies and Kiwis, and the, oh, yeah, like yeah. you said, and, the racing every single weekend, and um, you know, we got to learn our craft in a in a very raw way. You know. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Well, mate, this has been yeah. fantastic. What's next for you? What's coming up? Uh, yeah, as I said, yeah, just try and try and get ready for um, Penticton and, and I'm in Canada and, and, and try and uh, get as fit as I can for that. Hopefully I'll uh, stay injury-free and, and, and just stick in that gym as much as possible and um, yeah. hopefully, you know, we have some uh, some good a good result there. Well, best of luck to you, buddy. Thoroughly enjoyed just catching up, by the way. I know you're probably starving. You just got out of a 5K swim and, and you've jumped on this show with me, so I appreciate it, buddy. But this is really fun to catch up, uh, listen to a bit more of your journey, your thoughts on everything. I can't believe an hour, an hour five just went past so quick. Um, yeah, but again, crazy. Thanks for yeah. coming on, mate. Appreciate you. Look forward to catching up soon, soon and shaking hands soon, mate, and, and uh, having a good yarn. Absolutely, mate. And for everybody listening, you can find all the show notes and timestamps and, and everything else at bennettendurance.com forward slash media. Thanks, Greg. Thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, your support would truly be appreciated. You can visit the Patreon page or you can subscribe with your podcast app of choice. Don't miss the next episode, so subscribe and be notified. For show notes, if you want to know more, please visit bennettendurance.com. I'm Phil Liggett, and on behalf of Greg Bennett, here's to the next time, and I hope you will join Greg again very soon.